Good day, and welcome to the Talk It Out podcast. My name is Neil Bailey Harper, and it's Sunday morning, and I am here with Earthly Angels. The music I'm listening to today, this is the great Earl Klug. The song is Whispers and Promises. Um, I hope today finds you well. Uh, I had uh, researched and planned and to go into a whole nother direction this morning. But then life happens. And yesterday, I received a call from my brother, my oldest brother, the oldest sibling I have out of the 12 of us. He's number one. And we talk sports, so the call, just seeing the name come up on the phone didn't bring any thoughts. But when I talked to him, he called to let me know that a friend of his had passed, excuse me, had passed uh, from complications to this damn virus. And while he was a lifelong friend of his, he had become a friend of mine. Now, my brother's 13 years older than me, and he's always been and always will be one of my heroes. And two, <clears throat> a little more than two years ago, he had a, a bunch of illnesses that got to the point where we did not expect him to survive them. Well, he's still here and doing very well without any medications. But to that extent, I re-encountered his friend during his time of illness, and we started talking. And I'm a firm believer, and I've, and I've thought this for a long time, because I believe crazy stuff sometimes, but I don't think this is one of them. I believe in earthly angels. I believe when our stories of life are told, these earthly angels, these people that we all know and that I believe we all encounter, uh, they're the ones who help guide us through chapter and verse of every story. See, for me, I felt when I just look back on the backstory of who I am and how I am, I always felt like Well, firstly, I'm blessed to have life. I'm blessed to be born in the family I'm born in. But I'm also blessed to have had at different stages in my life, different people either reinforce my course or affect my course in a positive way. And either way, it comes out as they're just there for me when I needed them there. Now, in our families, we all probably can think of someone we would consider an earthly angel in our families. But also, outside of our families, you can have encounters, I have had encounters with people that might uh, last for years or hours. But in either way, they affected my situation and my life 
positively in a way that I might not have been aware of at that time. And the loss of this friend of mine this week, this past week, was one of those situations. And it made me also think to look at, again, my oldest brother's 13 years older than me, and he has a circle of friends. Um, back in the 50s and 60s, I came to find four or five years ago that they played baseball. At a, we, we lived on Master Street in Philadelphia, and they were a part of a baseball team known as the Master Street Braves. Um, I didn't know anything about that. And, and the thing is, too, when your older siblings have friends, they know you before you know them. So I got to thinking about angels that, in my mind, what I see is angels at a time where I felt like it affected me to do something the way I was doing it. And I challenge you guys to make a list because I know you have them. And yes, we are probably be someone's angel at some point in time, too. I'm sure we will. But think about your list. How many people do you know have been angels to you at, some, at a point in time in life? It could have been a very critical situation. It could have been a life-altering situation. It could have been just a conversation. But I'm sure there are times when these people come into our lives and do positive things or help us to do positive things. So here's the thing I thought about. Um, and there's a lot more. You know, you, you just have, if living life, you just enjoy and you run into people and, and people affect you or affect me. So I was thinking... Um, I can go back to when I was a kid. I always thought my fourth grade teacher, Miss Watson, who introduced me to the piano and the organ, was an angel in some ways of my life. This is West Montgomery we're listening to now. The song is down here on the ground. And then I was fortunate enough at 11 to have a job in the local market run by a family that had been there for years. Fortunate because it was a grocery store and it helped me help my family. But secondly, it also put me in a situation that kept me out of other situations. Okay? Um, then there was, and his name was Tyrone Eccles. Then there was uh, my brother's friends, uh, Richard Watson, who was the artist of residence on Master Street. And to just go to him when I was 18 or 17 years old and show him charts that I'd written and lyrics I had and have him just work with me on it. Just talk to me like a musician, an artist. That, you know, make suggestions from, from an artist standpoint appreciate what I was doing, or at very least respect what I was doing at that time. That's, he was an angel to me. Um, still is. In college, I rode with a buddy of mine after I got kicked out of school for being in the female dormitory at 2.30 in the morning on a Friday night, and it wasn't my fault. 
But at that time in college, you could not do that. So I had to go home back to Philadelphia. And I returned that summer, and I just remember being all over the place physically and mentally. But I had an angel who drove a red Delta 88 Oldsmobile. And anywhere he go, I go with him. He was a little older than me. He looked out for me. When it was time, we were both from Philadelphia, so when it was time to leave North Carolina to go home, I didn't have to worry about bus fare or anything like that. We got in the old Delta 88. And I, I told Rodney this. He was an angel to me. Then I go back to high school, you know. We had a high school counselor, history teacher, Mr. Klein, who a lot of us are still in contact with today. And the fact that I just remember him treating us with respect in the 70s. Even though he got on us from time to time, it was always, it, it all started, the ground floor was love and respect. And a lot of us, well, me, I needed that. Um, there was also an English teacher who was my college counselor, Miss Bernstein. And she never thought I took college seriously, because I probably didn't. But I remember having one conversation with her. And here, this is one of these angels who, there wasn't a lot of extended, well, yes, we, we had a lot of conversations. But I remember one time looking at her and telling her that I had a decent job. I might stay around and take a year off from school. And Miss Bernstein was a young, she might have been about 30-ish or so. So she was a young teacher. Mr. Klein was around 30 or so. So they, they, were, they could relate to us better. But she looked at me and she said, no, you have to go away. And she wasn't saying it to scare me. She wasn't saying it uh, not like a coolie high situation. She was saying that I, had, that I had to see things. I had to go places. So at our 30th or 35th class reunion, one of the two, um, we got another one coming up soon, too, and I'm so excited about it. But at that class reunion, maybe 10 years ago, I got to see Miss Bernstein, and I got to tell her again, thank you for being there. Thank you for the angel that you were to me. Um, Stanley Shupek, Barry Lazinski, music teachers that I that I had in middle school and high school were all angels to me. But that brings me back to yesterday. Because, and my, and my brother's circle of friends. I mentioned Richard Watson. Um, there's another one, Douglas Harper, who about two and a half years ago, I made a post on Facebook that he read into and had not talked to me for 50 years. And I went to work one morning and got back in my car after finishing one school to go to the next one and there was a voicemail message. And the message just told me he wasn't sure, of, he told me who he was, called me Little Neil, and said he wasn't sure of what I was going through. But I had to keep doing my work because he heard some of my work. And he thought that was important. And here's an angel that just dropped in. Gave me what I needed. 
And we've been in constant, we've been in contact since. But that was just so important to me. And that brings me again to yesterday. This is uh, Norman Brown. The song is After the Storm. That brings me to yesterday again. Bishop Richard Gibson. Um, we re-encountered each other, I'll say, about four or five years ago. When I went to Philadelphia, finding out that my neighborhood in North Philadelphia... Um, we related our neighborhoods in some ways. If you knew the gang in your neighborhood, you knew where your neighborhood was. The gang that that basically handled my neighborhood was the two, three of the Twenty Third Street Demarcos. Um, Bishop Richard Gibson at that time was Richard Gibson. He was one of the leaders of the pack, and. Just the term gang to me isn't fair in the way we probably perceive it today because I will say this about my neighborhood on Master Street in North Philadelphia when I was growing up in the 60s and 70s. Um, I could open my front door and within two blocks I could walk to a medical center, two different markets, a doctor's office, and three different churches. Out of those two grocery stores, the 23rd Street DeMarcos, they didn't run one of them. They owned one of the grocery stores. They weren't trying to take things from the neighborhood. They were trying to give things to the neighbors. And four years ago when I ran into now Bishop Richard Gibson, we had a talk about that. And I wanted to do a podcast. I, I Actually, I went to Philadelphia and every August... The DeMarcos have a cookout in the neighborhood. And it was just me going back to this neighborhood where I grew up in. And, and everybody had a visual of me because I worked in the local grocery store for eight years until I went to college. So all of those feelings were so good to have and see and to know that this organization is still there. And we had talked about actually trying to do some type of documentary work on it. But outside of that, a couple of years ago, not knowing that that opened the door to where I would be. And at a time in my life where decisions had to be made the right way, the bishop was there for me day and night for months. Um, again, it helped me stay where I needed to be mentally or to, or to move on where I needed to be mentally. But it was the kind of thing where people, uh, he affected me in a way that I didn't think I needed. But that's what earthly angels do. And see, here's the other thing about earthly angels to me. They just do. They never talk about doing. They just do. And at some point in time, you might know you need one. Some point in time, they might know you need one. See, you can, you don't, you might uncover an earthly angel, but they might uncover you too. And, and all it is, for the most part, is people loving people. 
Okay, it all, it's basically just people loving people, and and it's in its most honest form. This um, is Earl Klug and George Benson. The song is Dreaming. And all of this makes me, you know, I'm sad I lost my friend, but I am so happy I had, I'm so happy he was in my life. And I might have spent she added up in days, 14 days talking to him. And what he did for me in 14 days, I know he's done for others in a lot more ways. But it's all good. And if you know somebody, which I know you do, who's been an angel to you, celebrate them now. Tell him now. I did, I did get to tell the bishop. I get. I got to tell him. I got to tell everybody on my list. I think, and I and and I've got a lot more to go. But it's what we do. It's what we're here to do. It's what we're given to share. Um, and this brings me to a story I heard on CNN, or I read it on the CNN uh, article about a young lady and with all the things that Texas are going through. I have a first cousin in Texas I had to call. They were out, power was out for over 50 hours and they had to find a way to get to a friend's house that actually had a, lights and water. And now they're home safely and the lights are back on. But I read this story about a young uh, lady in Texas who was a delivery driver, a gig worker the people that we don't want to pay any money. We don't want to, you know, allow them to make any money either. But she was delivering groceries. And she was in Austin, Texas, but she lived in Houston, Texas. She drove to Austin because it was, pro uh, uh, from what I understand, more profitable for her to do that there. Well, this was during the week of the storm, when the storm first started. And she thought she could get a day in before it got really bad. And she was delivering groceries to a couple in Austin when she, her car, she says, kind of started to lose control. And she realized that it was too icy to go anywhere. And the couple that she had just delivered groceries to, she started skidding towards their house with the fear of hitting it with her car. Um... She only got a flower pot, fortunately for her and the homeowners. But when they got out to help her, they realized that her car wasn't going anywhere. So she begrudgingly went in, accepted the kindness to sit and wait for AAA or whatever towing service to come and help her get out of there. Um, it was Valentine's Day. She delivered groceries to the couple for their Valentine's dinner. Um, after two or three hours, she was informed that AAA could not make it because the roads were not safe. So now she thought she might have to go sleep in her car or, or find a way to get to a hotel. But the couple that she had delivered groceries to invited her to stay. And she did. And the Valentine's dinner that they had planned for themselves she became a part of. 
She got up the next day thinking that everything was fine and she could get to where she was going, but she couldn't. And the couple felt it natural to have her stay again. And again. And again. And this young lady who delivered groceries to them for their Valentine's Day dinner had her car stuck in the worst ice storm in the history of the state of Texas. Knowing, finally knowing also that her home in Houston had no power. So if she got back home, she'd been going to a place where it had no power, no heat, no water. She's in a couple's house after delivering groceries, hoping to get a nice tip because she came out in bad weather. She stayed with them for five days. She ended up baking. They cooked meals together. And after five days, the weather was nice enough for her to go home. Now, they could stay, they could stay in touch. They probably will stay in touch. But when I speak of earthly angels, who knows what happens if this delivery driver's car goes to somewhere else, hits somebody else. Prayerfully, they would have been treated, treated her just as nice. But this is what happens. This is what I mean by angels just do. They don't talk about doing, they just do. And they gave her, and in some, and they blessed themselves too by doing what we should do. So, I miss my friend, Bishop Richard Gibson, and, but I'm glad he was in my life. I hope you have a blessed and wonderful Sunday. Talk to somebody, let them talk to you. This is the Talk It Out Podcast. Be blessed.